0: You mentioned it. It's election year. Like, I can sign up to the loop. That's one way to stay informed. What else can I do to be involved?
1: Money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, Brian, that was an odd, odd quick response. <laughs> yeah, what's that? What's that saying? The the answer's
2: money. Now, what's your question? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, right,
3: right, yeah, right. So, how big's the army? We did that. Now we just so. need money.
1: Oh yeah, Beatitudes. Happy New Year. Oh my goodness, welcome to 2024, Beatitudes Nation. I don't even care if you're listening to this way in the future. Today, when we recorded this, was not 2024, but it is for you right now if you're (laughs) listening. The the
0: day of the release of this episode. I can't believe... No, I'm... I, I stayed up too late last night, you know, celebrating the new year. Yeah. Rocking it. Oh, we're here in studio oh, early for you, for you, Beatitudes. I can't Beata believe dudes. we pulled it off.
1: If this is your first time to the Beatitudes, this is a show for Christian men looking to go through this walk in their holiness to grow with the Lord as they actually join with one another in authentic fraternity. And never forgetting that in that joy, we have humor and holiness together, or what they call humorness. Yep. And we have been doing this show since last March, and we are so blessed to have great guests coming. But first of all, I want to introduce all the Beatitudes. To the far end of the table, we have Nicholas Besner.
0: That's me. I'm
1: Nick. And <laughs> Paul Kolker. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Happy to be here. Happy New Year, Paul. Thank you. And my name is Jeff Shufflebine, and we are just blessed to be here and be a part of this. And truly, a new year is a chance for new opportunities to build crazy podcasts. So... Mm. We are lucky today to have Brian Birch with us from Catholic Boat. Welcome to the tiny table. The Yay. tiny table is
3: very warm, but it's uh, perfect for a cool January morning. Yeah, for this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so great of you to join us to start your new year. Like This re- is released at like 4 a.m. Central, so thank you so much. <laughs> Did you ever expect to be at a table this small with three grown men?
3: You know, um, it makes me a little comfortable being a traditionalist Catholic.
1: <laughs> no,
3: I'm, I'm just kidding. It's uh, no, really good to be here, really good to be in Dallas, especially since I live up in Chicago. Yeah. So who doesn't want to be in Dallas or Phoenix or Florida in January? So uh, great to be here. It's a sunny day, and, uh, you know, good Catholic men. We're going to talk some politics, faith all the things we're not supposed to talk about yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's just mix them into one
0: Bring podcast on. <laughs> rebrand is just taboo
1: yes. podcast <laughs> well, can you throw in quarantine let's throw <laughs> in <it>. oh no <laughs> q Anon, covid yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna put a white rabbit up there behind you <laughs> okay as we were saying uh, <laughs> brian is here from the great uh nation of chicago glad to have him here brian um can you just back up for a second, really quick? Catholic vote. There's a. That's not just about voting, right? There's a lot going on in this Catholic vote. What is Catholic vote?
3: Well, Catholic vote is a advocacy advocacy organization, and we help lay lay people um, use their faith and bring the vision of the Catholic Church uh, into the public square. So sometimes that involves elections. It can involve courts. It can involve Congress. It can involve all sorts of ways in which our faith intersects with. The public life of this country. And uh, we as Catholics obviously have a specific responsibility when it comes to the American public life. We don't just uh, like lean in, uh, lean on our bishops and priests and say, if that's your job, we're just going to go make money and do our thing, and you guys fix the problems.
1: Wait, is that a newsflash for some people listening? It is, <laughs> 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 hit us
2: up in the comments
3: if that's a, a light bulb moment. <laughs> well, I mean, it is true. We we live in a, and we belong to a hierarchical church, so we do kind of defer to the leadership of the church for lots of things. Sure. But when it comes to things that, you know, when it, the playing out of the faith in the particulars of our life, especially when it comes to political things that involve, you know, difficult questions, involve prudence, and, and, and doing lay things, that's especially our responsibility. And this is something that Vatican II, I think, really emphasized. And We often think of politics as divisive and difficult, and, you know, the truth of it is it can be really fun, and and, that's the work that we started that you can bang your head against the wall, you get frustrated, you lose elections, you think the country's going to hell, and then the next day you wake up and you say, you know what, there's no better time to be a Catholic. Uh, you know, the greater the challenge, the
2: greater the adventure. And that's kind of the, the
3: way I think about the work that we're doing.
2: Well, that's weird, because often I look around and I say, where are we going? And why am I in a handbasket? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, well, handbasket, handmaiden, there's a lot of different like slogans, talks around, uh, you know, p- politics can be frustrating, creates a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. I'm sure some of your listeners, they went through 2020, we went through presidential cycle, it's all politics all the time. Now we're, we're 2024, welcome, another presidential year here. People are probably thinking, oh, my gosh, not Yay. another one. And, <laughs> and it's not going to be an easy one, of course. Um, but, you know, there's there's ways to think about doing this work as a Catholic where you realize, you know, um, our kingdom, is God's kingdom is not of this world, as he told us, Christ told us. And yet we very much need to make this world a place that is, Um, preparing, as we just did in Advent, preparing for the second coming. Um, And politics is a part of doing that as well.
1: Yeah, when you talk about all this different stuff around uh, uh, making sure that we have proper representation in D.C., making sure on local levels that that we're putting people in place so that they can understand uh, the real votes that are being made, right? That what's behind that vote that you're making. You know, Catholic vote sounds like it could be called Catholic culture, like how do we impact the culture and it just happens to be the mechanism or the focal point is is the vote part of that.
3: Yeah. So there's this fun debate that people have, um, is is politics downstream of culture? And mm-hmm. that used to be something that a lot of people used to say, in particular because of something St. John Paul II said is about uh, economics and politics are not the primary drivers of history, but culture is this driver of history. And yet I think if John Paul II could have been asked, I think he probably would have agreed it's not necessarily a a perfect stream, it's more like a swirling stream. Like a both and kind of thing. exactly, and sometimes politics is driving culture, as we've seen in a lot of issues, and we we didn't, we got a redefinition of marriage, we got a legalization of abortion, we got prayer and school banned, we got all sorts of various things that have dictated to the culture, sometimes to a culture that wasn't ready for it. I mean, you think about, you know, in the marriage fight, for example, you know, 31 out of 33 states had voted to protect traditional marriage, and the court comes in and says, nope, all those laws are off the books. Now, of course, the culture is kind of moved uh, in that direction, and so I think the politics was upstream of the culture in, in, in some ways. But to your point, a uh, uh, Catholic vote ultimately can't just be about something you do on election day every two <laughs> or four years, yeah. right? If it's just that, it'll just open up our doors, we'll do our thing, and then close, and then we'll say, see you next year, or see you in two years.
1: I'll give you a sticker. Yeah, exactly, I <laughs>
3: voted, I did it. Post
2: your election (laughs) selfies, yeah.
3: No, it's really, we used to say Catholic Vote 365 because Mm. to truly vote as a Catholic, an authentic Catholic, is to live your life in a way that is faithful, that is obedient, that is um, in communion with what it is we believe, which means, guess what? You vote with your life every day, with the choices you make every single day with
0: how you want to live your faith. Yeah, it's like you go back and you say, I vote with my dollars, I vote with my feet, I vote with, you know, where I spend my time my money yeah because if goes. you know you
3: vote as soon as that alarm clock goes off or in my cases i'm getting older since i just wake up naturally um, <laughs> but but it's because ultimately to vote as a catholic as an authentic catholic what you're saying is i don't get to make it up i'm actually going to subordinate my will and conform my choices to something that, that's not of me that i don't i it, it, there's a truth that is that is bigger, that transcends me, that I am going to subscribe and live my life according to. Um, someone once said, you know, if you want to understand the Declaration of Independence, it's really simple. There is a God and you're not him. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, if you, and if you get that right, those two things right, um, eh, things kind of make sense. And then that's the case when it comes to voting as a Catholic. I don't get to make it up. There's certain truths that I have to live by that I believe in, and I'm gonna apply those as best I can to the choices I have, albeit imperfect, and do so in a way that is hopefully gonna bring about some kind of you know, healthy renewal of our, of our country, because our country needs help.
1: Yeah, th- there's great freedom in knowing that you don't have to come up with what the answer is, and you don't have to r- write the new rule book. Like, you can follow the one that is based on the literal truth of our humanity, And therefore, you have the freedom to be fully human in that. And people misconstrue that when they're following uh, I mean, the magisterium is a pretty big word, but following any rule set, you think that that's onerous and restrictive. But I even think like a budget in your company is a place of freedom because now I know what I'm dealing with.
3: Right, right. No, it's absolutely true. There's something especially liberating about knowing because we all know our internal weakness and limitations that if it was just up to us, that's a pretty unstable (laughs) world that you got to live in. I've got to figure it all out or maybe I'm going to rely upon uh, you know the book of nature, uh, the book of the Bible and 2,000 years of wisdom and thinking of people much smarter than me that have spent literally their entire lifetime meditating upon really complex difficult things and have helped um, you know uh, lay this all out for us to, to help guide it and to pretend that that somehow we get to now figure it all out, fresh and new for the first time in history right now and that we're going to get it right is just utter foolishness. yeah,
2: it's like we just don't even have the time, the the lifetime, much less the time in the day, but the amount of time that I personally, me, Mm. Paul, could spend trying to figure out each of these problems compared to the wealth of lifetimes that have been lived and dedicated towards solving these problems. Why would I not listen to that?
1: Can I jump on that with you, Paul? Yeah. When I think of Catholic Vote 365, my brain thinks... Only 365 years? That's all we're (laughs) aiming for here? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, our decisions (laughs) have legacy impact, right? The culture has legacy impact. Um, I wrote about this recently. My parents, through all the genealogy stuff, found a book about my 9X great-grandmother. There has to be some 4,000 people that are on your 9X level for you to exist. So you think about the legacy. And she was born in 1610. So you're talking 400 years of legacy of people having to make it through. So when people are afraid of a political climate and of a climate climate and all these things that create (laughs) this paralysis. I can promise you some of those thousands of people that had to come before me for me to be talking to you right now went through bad stuff, were in bad neighborhoods and bad political climates. Some of them were probably bad people. They probably did bad things. But that legacy of mindset is I think the culture that you're infusing and the people that you're hitting with Catholic vote is a very, very long-term, to your point, Paul, past-my-lifetime building mentality. Mm-hmm. That's a spiritual battle, though. How do you keep your team and yourself from just being great at business? Like, what <laughs> how do you stay on the spiritual side of this?
3: You know, it's the same thing I would guess for secular business as well, is that you can't do the work that we're doing unless you're committed to personal excellence from the start. You know, mm-hmm. the church talks about that you know, supernatural virtue is built upon the natural virtues, and so we don't become saints by some you know magic wand waving um, of the Holy Spirit. Become saints by working on the natural virtues of of working hard, of getting better, of being a good father or uh, a leader, um, uh, developing those habits of excellence that build virtue, and God infuses us um, when we seek out seek Him out through that. Uh, with his grace, obviously through his sacraments and through his church. And so I think for us, one of the most important things with Catholic vote, especially since we're involved in a very messy, rotten, you know, industry called po- politics, <laughs> sometimes rotten, sometimes redeeming, it can be both ways, sure. is that you have to steel yourself for the messiness of it. And I guess that's the case for lots of different businesses, but some, you know, are relatively tame. But you have to understand that there's because of the the influence and the power of politics, that at root, this is really a spiritual war. Mm-hmm. And we can try to pretend these play actors that run for president or senator or congress or mayor that they're ultimately uh, the power brokers. It's not. There is a spiritual war underway in, in everything that we do. And certainly that's the case when it comes to political things. And you have to steal yourself spiritually. And that means stealing yourself with... Um, those natural virtues that are going to enable God to use you most effectively.
2: Well, so then, okay, so you talked about, you know, how do we live our Catholic life in how we vote and in how we show up in the political world? Um, what do you say to kind of the common American response of, oh, oh, oh separation of church and state? Like, what? I mean, mm-hmm. what's wh- what are some of maybe the objections you hear there and how do you all speak back into that?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, number one, Those words don't appear anywhere in our laws or in a constitution, by the way. Touche. Touche. So that's one helpful way. In fact, where they were used, it actually was intended to mean the opposite thing. Like, I'm in favor of separation of church and state. Get the government out of our churches, (laughs) Uh, which right now they're spying on with the FBI. Um, But the second piece of it would be when it comes to political things, especially for the church, this is not some sectarian thing where we're trying to make the Immaculate Conception a national holiday. Um, what it, The truths that we believe as Catholics are rooted in the reality of what is. They're rooted in the truths about the human person. These are universal. Um, these are the, the very things that our Declaration referenced are the very things that we believe as Catholics. And we believe, when we believe they're universal, that means we believe they're good for everybody. Um, they've been true for all time and will be true no matter what we say or do for the rest of time because they are built into reality, they're built into the order of creation that God made. And so um, when we talk about separation of church and state, I say, fine, keep government out of religion. Uh, Let's actually respect the First Amendment that says we have a right to the free exercise of religion, and we have a right that government can't establish a national church, which, last I checked, they're not looking to do anytime soon. So we're talking really about the right to exercise our religion freely, free of government coercion, and that when we do so as Catholics, we're doing so in a way that doesn't seek to impose some national Catholic, uh, you know, uh, faith for everybody. Everyone can freely choose to embrace it or not. But what we're ultimately doing is not tr- um, some sectarian work. We're, we're trying to convert people to the truths about what is. And
2: I love that you said that they're universal. And then, of course, the Greek word for universal, ah. Catholic. So...
3: Yes. Yeah. Etymology lesson here. Yeah. It's fun. Fun how that works.
1: He's full of it. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. I don't mean it like that. Uh, well, all, no, that's also true. <laughs> all, <laughs> of, all of it. Double meaning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that uh, that we're not establishing a national church. Sometimes it feels like with ideology pushing that there is an establishment of a national church. And maybe I'm not wanting to open up that. <laughs> <laughs> that box here on this fun show
2: fun can of worms (laughs) yeah maybe we go to our game right now
1: (laughs) before that uh and we're not going to answer my question that was just to make you all think about this for a minute um it was uh rhetorical and ridiculous so not ridiculous so here's my uh question for you what was that face i don't know (laughs) so um for people listening there are several parts to catholic vote i'd love for you to just explain like what are the pillars and I've heard you talk about the 501C3. You've also talked about the 501C4, which just sounds a little bit better than the 3. <laughs> <laughs> so. Sounds explosive. <laughs> C4.
3: <laughs> C4. It's very explosive. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm right, going to so, use that now. Okay. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, no. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really boring IRS <laughs> designations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Which for people that want to know a donation to one is deductible or donation to another is not. No, what really... Do- cal-
1: donations to the Beatitudes are not deductible but still <laughs> accepted?
2: Correct. Yep. In, in large amounts.
3: 501-CU
1: uh, right. at the cash register. Thank you very much.
3: <laughs> I don't know. Is that an IRS category?
0: Yeah. Uh, I, we're, we're petitioning for it. Yeah. 365 days a year. Yeah, it's a 501-CU. <laughs> yep. That's it.
3: No, so Catholic vote is broken into a couple different pieces that are governed by several different entities that all coordinate with each other, in part because the IRS says if you're going to take donations here, you can only use it for this purpose. If you take donations here, you can only use it for this purpose. But the way we set it up was we wanted Catholics to be able to spend their money with us in partnership to do anything the church needed from a lay perspective when it comes to American public life. So endorsing candidates, obviously a priest or bishop or the church officially or the USCCB is not going to do that. Helping elect candidates. So when you do what are called independent expenditures where you spend money saying advocating elector defeat, which is a category the IRS uses, you have to use the right entity to do that. And we actually do that. We mm-hmm. say in our judgment Catholics should support X for president or Y for president or oppose X for senate or uh, Y for senate. Uh, So we announce endorsements every year. We pick races to get involved in. We pick races that we think Catholics can have an outsized impact, and we work on the ground outside of church property. We don't go into churches and do politics, but there's a lot of things you can do with mobile phones these days uh, to mobilize Catholics to both um, understand the issues involved, understand the candidates involved, and then, of course, vote. And a big part of what we do is try to turn out mass-attending Catholics, Because for those that follow the Catholic vote, we're a big, messy, diverse group of here comes everyone, um, as as has been written. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, Clarence Thomas, uh, Joe Biden, uh, Kellyanne Conway, uh, Steve Bannon, all call themselves Catholic. And that's a pretty broad spectrum when Mm -hmm. it comes politically. Hmm. So we have a a political group, a political operation. We're on the ground and we'll be on the ground in um, at least five or six swing states next year, mobilizing Catholics by parish. Uh, We have a big uh, media operation called The Loop. Many of the listeners may get this. Yes. Yes. Uh, It's a morning email, uh, which is kind of a summary of the biggest political news happening, national news, things happening in the church, a little catechetical lesson, something inspirational, sometimes something funny. Uh, That is going to be take a whole take on a whole new a forum in the coming year, so stay tuned for that. I Brian, I
1: open it every day. Like, it's that good. It's not like, oh, it's The Loop today. I read it yesterday. I open it every day. Yeah. It's my news source. And well. if
2: you're not in it, you want to be in The Loop.
1: And press pause and subscribe Yeah, to both us and The Loop. That's the Loop CatholicVote.org
2: <laughs> slash
3: The Loop, I believe, is where you subscribe, or it's right on the homepage there. But, yeah, over 600,000 Catholics are reading this every morning. And we're adding about 25,000 new subscribers every month. So it's really huge and uh, really helpful to us to know. And we have a big campaign underway to get to a million. I think we can get there soon. And to be able to talk to, influence, and ultimately mobilize a million people, a million Catholics in their communities, given their networks, means we we can have some influence. And ultimately, when it comes to politics, there's only two things that ultimately matter, let's be frank. How much money do you have, or how big is your army? Mm. (laughs) And I don't have the kinds of money that some of our opponents have on the other side, uh, but I can build a big army, and we can leverage that very effectively and compete um, even without the checkbooks that
1: some of our friends on the other side have. We always throw out different ideas here. Some of them are great. I want to throw out to you... (laughs) little <laughs> preamble Some there. Some of them
2: sound like this. When in the course of human events, <laughs> we have ideas. Some of them Some are good. Some of them
3: are great. It was you guys
2: that came up with the new Coke. <laughs> that was it. New Didn't Coke. that fail?
1: Yeah. We also rebranded the Beatitudes for crying out loud. Yeah. Okay. By the way, that's a great name. Well, well uh, thank you. No. It is a really great name. We agree with you, and it's very hard to see the other word. That's the one that is generally accepted in the <laughs> world. But my uh, my pitch to you is Catholic vote appealing to the masses it's got a double meaning here i Mm. love it Mm -hmm. right because Mm. we're going and you can put any twist you want on this but i just want you to think about that one okay all right while you're thinking (laughs) about that one (laughs) with that judgy uh thing that you just did uh, that smack um let's keep judging we're gonna do something (coughs) special here
0: this is a game called blessed are the joke makers uh, for they shall inherit the points. Ooh. <laughs> Did not think about a point
1: total here. What are we thinking? 600,000. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs>
0: How about 80, like the open rate? Okay. 80%? You we heard 80? that from yeah. Kara. So, so 80 points. Yes, 80, 80 points. points. So it's like a
1: running tab. Is someone ahead? <laughs> and we yeah. have a super fan that keeps up with all of this named Christopher. We won't say who's ahead. <laughs> well, we don't want to bias anything. Correct. No. Okay. One of us paid for classes. What?
2: Comedy. <laughs> Comedy. Okay, and the way this game is gonna work is we've got a character card and the Catholic card game card, and we have to answer whatever the prompt is on the Catholic card game card as said character, however best we can get into that. And some of us really, really go method method <laughs> acting with this and get into it. So Donald Duck. I did just do my Donald <laughs> yeah, Duck. Yeah. It comes out, it comes when, out. When, when I'm you, getting when ready you, a little, yeah. little bit. And you get to decide who the winner is. There's no objective criteria. It is literally just who do who tickled your fancy, right? Like what what was funny to you? Points so. given
1: to me, our tax deductible. Okay, so <laughs> I'm I'm the judge here. I'm, yes. you right. I'm you the gotta, judge. you got to so wait I'm for not... all three of us to finish and yeah, then yeah, just yeah. lay it down. Okay, I can't so wait. you got to vote.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the you're character. not judging. You're voting. That's it. So the character card is stuck in the decade of your choice, which Jeff already is in one. So wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You can't like preempt me. I might be in the future now.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry. Stuck in the decade of your choice. Things Jesus never spoke about. Man,
0: it was so cool. Just running up and down the court earlier but man you know jesus was talking about the throngs of his sandals he just never talked about these converse man (laughs) these are just the sickest kicks they help me run
1: faster jump higher and shoot better we really had a great time when those cars first came out, but then all of a sudden there was dust all over the ground. And I'm running around Oklahoma trying to keep up with all my pigs and all my sheep. And there's dust is everywhere. And all I'm saying is, Jesus never talked about how to keep up with your flock when there is a dust storm coming. It's a big bowl! <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jesus never talked about how I should be facilitating the votes of the masses when they ask me questions every day in the prompts because... Not enough prompt engineers exist with the GPT 5.1, and they are not quite capable of answering all of the questions that I have. Also, my programming was probably co-opted to uh, endorse the, the state of current world affairs.
1: The morality machine speaks. <laughs> wow. What say you, big voting
3: powerhouse, Brian Birch? Oh, boy, this is a tough one. I'm gonna have to go with uh, ChatGPT. to my right? Oh, uh, nice. Great job, man.
1: You Came through. I wasn't even sure where your head was at when you show up with. Well, you yes. took I, you took the 20s from me. 1920s. I was actually <laughs> gonna go there. Because you were making there. fun of me, I knew where you were gonna go. I played I it I almost out a was little.
3: wondering. I was like, Am I like living through what it's gonna be like in like a couple years? Is, this <laughs> is the voice we're gonna all hear all That's the weird, time. That's weird because
1: I felt like it took you all the way back to the 30s and that you were really struggling to make ends meet the in Oklahoma. The 2030s. 30s. <laughs> I took him to the. Back to the future, <laughs> I know, but I felt like I saw you put on your knickers and get out there and start hoeing rows with me. But this is gonna be the voice, by the way, in when Catholic vote is in the metaverse That's that everyone it. will hear. <laughs>
3: everyone
2: hey, get out and vote
1: for being our celebrity guest judge today. You're getting socks from Sock Religious. This uh, is the San Damiano socks. And do you have these yet? I don't, but you know what?
3: I think some of my kids got some of these for Christmas.
1: All right. Well you just got some for New Year's. Those are really good if you ever <laughs> if you ever wanna
2: wear those into to buy pizza, they're really good in Assisi's.
1: <laughs> they're not um, dominos. Ah uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there I see what you <laughs> did Hey Before we go to commercial break This is only the second time We've ever had a live uh, Audience member So I just want to show If you're watching on YouTube That America has joined the crew She's hiding in the corner <laughs> And uh, she's very happy To be on video right now But America is in here As a photographer Slash I think she's a meme maker now You've been making memes lately? Mm, meme, yes I don't know what you're <laughs> saying this <laughs> Good job, Jeff. Good (laughs) translating. I I was reading her lips. All right, we'll see y'all after the break. God bless.
0: The team at Aquinas Wealth Advisors believes that good values and good returns are not mutually exclusive. Using a tech-smart and morally sound approach, they provide investment alternatives that align with Catholic teachings without sacrificing returns. These days... Faith-driven investors are finding it hard to know where their money is going. They have no visibility into what their dollars are supporting, but there's a better way. Thanks to the faith and finance score from Aquinas Wealth Advisors, you can look into your current holdings to see what you're supporting and make a switch to an advisor that aligns with your values and gives power to your voice. Check out AquinasWealth.com today.
1: Hey y'all, this is Jeff Shufflebein. When Nick and I set out to start our new company, Undivided Life, we were really concerned about how would we cover the healthcare needs of our growing families, and we were so excited to find a company that fit both our medical needs and our faith beliefs perfectly. It's called Solidarity HealthShare. It is an ethical alternative to traditional health insurance. We're never part of sharing in the medical costs of anything that goes against the teachings of the Catholic Church, making it a great alternative for Catholics Christians alike. Solidarity is very affordable, which is perfect for a large family or for a new and growing business like the one we've started. So visit joinsolidarity.com today so that you can get started with us.
2: Hi, it's Paul Kolker from the Beatitudes here, and I just wanted to share with you guys that I also, outside of the show, perform improv comedy on a regular basis with a group called Divine Comedy. So what we do is we come up with everything on the spot, so whether you're looking for faith-filled, fun, family-friendly comedy for your youth night, or whether you're looking for clean comedy for your corporate event, Divine Comedy can perform for your group and even get you in on the action. So if you'd like to hire us to come out and perform for your next event, check out DivineComedyImprov.com. Divine Comedy, an inferno of fun.
0: Welcome back, everybody. New Year's edition of The Beatitudes oh, oh, with Brian Birch from Catholic Vote. is
1: your middle initial a B
0: no it is F as in Francis
1: all right Francis.
0: Uh, well Brian we uh, we covered a little bit of ground there in the first uh, in the first segment and I think across the board you mentioned it it's election year like I can sign up to the loop that's one way to stay informed what else can I do to be involved money <laughs> wow, Brian, that was an odd, odd
2: quick response. Now, <laughs> yeah, what's that? What's that saying? The the answer's money. Now, what's your question? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right,
3: right, yeah, right. So, how big's the army? We did that. Now, we just yeah. need the money. No, um, you know it's funny because you get involved in elections and races and data and strategies. And one of the simplest things we always tell people is uh, look around your church next time you go to mass. Hopefully, every week mm-hmm. on Sunday. And, and imagine this fact, that approximately 20% of the people in your church on Sunday are not regularly voting or are not registered to vote at all. Wow. Mm. And often we can get caught up in, well, I need to persuade Uncle Joe of the truth about this issue and why abortion is preeminent and why the family needs protection and the Constitution doesn't mention separation of church and state. And then you realize, well, that's going to take a lot of money to move that one vote. And a lot of time when I have Uncle Mike right next door sitting next to me who didn't vote in the last election who just needs a little prompt. And so the most fundamental thing you can do is to start talking to your social circle about the importance of voting and how large numbers of regular mass attending Catholics who generally vote, um, I would say, in a a way that's consistent with Catholic social teaching are not regularly voting. Um, and so don't go for the low hanging fruit. The people you don't even need to talk to about issues. You just need to talk to them about the importance of their vote and why literally small numbers of people voting actually can make a huge difference when you're talking about you know 67 million Catholics. And
0: we're here in Texas where I think people just assume a vote's going to go a certain way, right? What would you say if you're not in a swing state like why does that matter? Well,
3: It's not just president, it's not just Senate and Congress. Every election matters. And I know there's some stories here locally, even where you guys are, where uh, little city councils have been taken Mm -hmm. over. And sometimes some of the most important policy questions decide at the smallest level. My Mm -hmm. my local library board, uh, there's some hard fought races for that. And we all know what's going on in some of these libraries uh, these days. So um, there will be races that are close that matter, even when you're not in a technically swing state. And, you know, let's not get carried away. Texas is still on the map for some people, and uh, they shouldn't take anything for granted. Uh, But the other thing you can do is sign up at Vote as a volunteer, and we will give you lots of people to talk to in states where it will matter, where you can text and call and reach out to them and say, Hi, uh, I'm a Catholic in uh, Chicago, and I know my vote doesn't matter, uh, but your vote in Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, Nevada, Uh, is going to matter, and I'm hoping that you—I'm just calling to make sure you're planning to vote because we're going to need you, and all of us Catholics up here in Chicago are relying on you and uh, need you to vote and want to ask you to make a commitment to vote. And that's a very important piece, by the way, um, is to formally ask people to commit to you uh, to do so because the data shows that when people actually make a commitment out loud to someone— They're like, I forget what it is, like 10 times more likely to actually follow through. Hmm. There's a reason why we utter our marital vows out loud. (laughs) So you're (laughs) much more likely to follow through. I think
2: that I do. (laughs) (laughs) So you're proposing to the voters.
3: Uh, Yeah, in some ways, I suppose, as long as uh, they're willing to pledge their vote for life.
2: Wow. Oh, yeah,
1: okay.
3: There we go. And
1: <laughs> it, I think that I'm only half joking when I say this. What a great thing it would be if we signed up that the beatitudes was a a volunteer for these calls cuz we just plug straight into our machine here. <sighs> Ah. And we just did a best of. <laughs> you just bleep out a name or whatever, sure. and then you just go. And uh, we we could have some – I think we get a lot of viewers <gasps> in the new year. We could have some fun with that, <laughs> yeah. You yes. know what? We could
3: definitely do this. I'm not
1: joking because we plugged <laughs> the phone in here and called people already. If you did a, an every Wednesday we release, like – six minutes short of us <laughs> oh my god there's B- both the good and the yeah. what just happened and then we tell yeah. people well, if you're not going to vote at least judge us on a game
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
2: my name's ethel and in muncie indiana Boy, what are you calling about <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure
3: indiana won't be a swing state but you might find some interesting people in uh Georgia in the US (laughs) North Carolina rural woods of North Carolina actually North Carolina is interesting people Mm -hmm. say the Catholic vote it's tiny there it's the south same thing in Georgia Atlanta is the fastest growing one of the fastest growing dioceses in the United States Hmm. North Carolina has the largest parish in the United States wow massive if there's such a thing as a catholic megachurch it's in north carolina mm-hmm. look like we're
1: falling down at st. ann and coppel right wow. now guys. Yeah. i was Jeez. just with father edwin uh, a couple months ago when we filmed this thing yeah. and um <laughs> he needs to step up his game he does he <laughs> yeah. needs to
2: like repaint the church or something
1: <laughs> that's right well listen we want to do a couple things we're gonna make some commitments <clears throat> at the end of the show you know how that goes for new year's but let's start off with our tbd question tbd is the Beatitudes. dudes we can do kind of initials we're gonna do our tbd question of the day play along at home this one is pretty fascinating we're looking back at 2023, and we want you to give, and each one of us will participate, what is your two-word summation of the look-back at last year at 2023? You're just going to say two words, but then you can also give the context and the details behind it. But what are your two words? And I'm hoping one of one of y'all will go first so I can process this question. <laughs> um,
2: my two words are identity theft. <laughs> <laughs> not because i took somebody's identity but because i'm still dealing with the fallout from 2022 with whoever figured out all the right pieces to apply for like seven or eight different things and some of it just happened in august of this last year so it's an ongoing battle um, but if I was going to put a more positive spin on it, it would be new beginnings because I'll probably be applying for a new social security number. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we started this podcast. And That's right. Yeah, there's just there's a lot of new things that happened this year. Um, getting to do some cool things like emceeing some events that I'd never done before. So, yeah. So a lot of a lot of e- even if some of them were smaller, some of them were bigger. There were a lot of new beginnings.
1: I know this wasn't part of the question, but I want 24 to be Paul Unleashed. That's I what I want I my two words that. to be. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That'd well, be as, awesome. As your pro bono promoter, I'm on it. Okay. Perfect.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a slang
1: book of the Bible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Nick, what do you got?
0: Yeah, I got uh, challenge and growth kind of hand in hand, but a lot of new challenges. Uh, first time stepping out as an entrepreneur, doing more than one new thing, which has been a lot of fun, and growing in those arenas, different challenges kind of force growth which is always interesting and fun I think it's that at you after you get to a certain level in a job or a career and it, it starts to feel maybe routine it starts that might be a signal of like hey what's the next challenge where's that next level of uncomfortability yeah and move towards that so it's been a lot of that this year
1: challenge and growth yeah I love it uh, I'll let you go last there Brian mine is joyful chaos <laughs> I have been starting on, you know, podcast, other companies, other stuff. Uh, you know, one of my, my wife's going to have a baby in a couple of weeks here. And what's interesting is between all of these hospital visits, I mean, it's like just the spiritual warfare. Just go to the hospital a ton with kids mm-hmm. while you're trying to launch these businesses. We built our first website when I was sitting next to one of them in the bed, you know, like <laughs> that in the hospital. I mean, um, but it didn't take away joy. It was just chaotic joy. And i think there's something so cool about like i taught my kid the other day he wants to play football and i said you got to learn that when you get knocked down or something hurts a lot to laugh about it And he goes like what and i said i said like if you get hit in the leg be like oh (laughs) 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 and he was like i can't do this and Mm -hmm. i said when you learn to do that you'll find joy in the chaos (laughs) (laughs) leg punch (laughs) (laughs) but like that's kind of it like oh my second kid's going to the hospital you're never going to believe this one (laughs) (laughs)
3: What do you got next? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Bring it on. I hope your two words for next year are restful peace.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Brian, what do you got for 23? So I'm going to
3: go with, looking back, um, hopeful anxiousness. Mm. Um, Part of it is I'm in this political thing and didn't exactly – go the way we wanted this year. We Mm -hmm. had a couple setbacks, obviously November, the Ohio ballot loss, uh, August, Ohio loss. We lost some other things. Uh, Pro-life movement is, you know, retooling, uh, to use a business word, uh, for going into the new year. We got nine, 10, maybe 11 ballot initiatives like Ohio. uh, We anticipate that will be on the ballot um, where uh, abortion groups are trying to to maneuver post-Dobbs. I also feel like we're still kind of living in this like post-COVID era where we're just always kind of anxious, like something bad is going to happen maybe soon. And hopefully it's not the economy or hopefully not another pandemic or hopefully not something bad to the church. And, um, you know, we have a really old president and a pope that is getting really old. And God forbid we have both of those events happen in this new year. (laughs) It would make it even more crazy. But I just feel like. We're supposed to be hopeful as Catholics, um, but I can't help but not admit I'm kind of pretty anxious Anxious. about the state of the world and what's going to happen and what might happen tomorrow.
1: (laughs) That's powerful. I think it's honest. I bet a lot of people listening to this feel that, too. It's like hopeful and anxious. And in there, you still have hope, but it doesn't take away the reality of like some of these days are pretty rough.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah, And I, I think that's just a good, honest answer, too, because the. The hope is sometimes the choice in the midst of the feeling, just kind of the natural human feeling of anxiety, which is perfectly understandable with all the things going on these days. Yeah, I mean, you have to kind of
3: recalibrate all the time because the world, you know, constantly, you know, tries to shape the way you think about it, that this is it, this is all that matters. Uh, You need to adjust your choices based upon, you know, instant gratification and uh, paying attention to the only the thing in front of you. And you have to, of course, this is why we have the gift of the sacraments and Mass, um, you know, at least once a week where we're able to sit there and think about the big picture again and realize, okay, now I remember again, this is God's in charge. In the end, He wins. Uh, and it may get messy, uh, but you have to have that you know, spirit of surrender, uh, knowing that come what may, um, uh, God's in charge, and, and we know uh, uh, that because of that, we can we can live with that hope. It's yeah. not just some blind, you know, uh, maybe it'll work out someday. Yeah, it's not a
2: vague optimism. It's it's a true right. trust that God has— He assured us, by
3: yeah. the way, the gates of hell will not prevail against it, the church. But the interesting about the thing about that is— that that means the gates of hell. Guess what that means? It we're means to to, we're supposed to be we're supposed to be an offense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're supposed to be pushing on the gates. Yeah, storming um, the gates of hell. Exactly. Yeah. And so it, it, it that line I think of a lot when it seems like oh gosh it's you know everything seems to be going dark. Um, that no we the the spiritual war of which we are a part as a part of the church militant um, is is ongoing and that there is this battle. And that we still are on the move in history because our Lord came and died for us and gave us the possibility of, of life with him. And, and so, I mean, if there's not something more hopeful than that. I don't know what there is. That all of this noise around us pales in comparison to this glorious truth that we believe that, that essentially is the, is the central truth of all of history.
2: Yeah, so you're saying don't get distracted by the noise or don't let the, the smoke and mirrors drown out the, the beauty of of what's actually the central message.
3: But get distracted by your vote in November. <laughs> right on. Well, but, yeah,
2: let the central message yes. lead you to vote in, in that way. Absolutely. Situate
3: yeah. the uh, all the political noise that's going to come in this year and all the anxiety that that's going to be fed to you. Uh, situate it in the context of that, and it'll be much easier to deal with, and you actually might— be contagious in that joy would because there's a lot of other people feeling that anxiety and they're going to be looking for people that are stable and at least perceived to have the answers.
1: Right on. Well, uh, well,
2: I was just going to add one thing because it's especially you, you mentioned all the noise and stuff and the distractions and things. Um, so much of that, I think we get inundated and bombarded by Various news medias from different different ends of the spectrum, but also um, all the online social media stuff. And it's just it's so easy to uh, just be overwhelmed, I think, by the sheer amount of stuff you have to process. And, uh, and I don't know, maybe this is something you've already kind of thought about. But, I mean, it, it strikes me as, like, uh, going philosophical here, as a Plato's allegory of the cave. Oh, yeah. I where know. instead of the people you know who are trying to hold up things to project shadows it's like well no that's that's what the news is doing or that's what you know this social media is doing or whatever it's they're trying to like inform what our perspective what our perception of the reality is rather than what the the rea- the true reality is and then of course that reality grounded in the beauty of of the mystery of Christ's redemption of us.
3: Yeah, so that's I love that. I'm you know, shameless plug, uh, uh, graduate of the University of Dallas right down the street here, uh, where I got to read the allegory of the cave. And yeah, it's been a semester thinking about it. Uh, but of course, that allegory, as you suggest, is talking about the ways in which uh, there's people chained to the walls, and they're paying attention to these shadows that are being made by people out so on the other side of the wall that are using the light to um, uh, re- um, depict images. And that the people that are chained to the walls—the only thing they ever see is the shadows—and mm-hmm. so they never know the real. They never know what really is. And so you can apply that to a lot of different contexts. And obviously, the goal is to get out, uh, unchained from the wall, and to go onto the other side to see what is making the the images uh, on the wall. But I think there's other ways to think about it too, and apply it—you um, know—the metaphor or allegory in some ways, which is we need to all get out of our own personal caves. Mm get out of bed get off the phone where you're paying you know this uh, the mesmerizing reel of nonsense <laughs> on some app um, but also outside the cave of of the the kind of um, mundane parts that we that we and bad habits that we have so that we can we can get to the real get to the the things that actually make our life meaningful again um, and, and not just, be satisfied with the shadows let's get to the to the meat of what um the, we were made to be the the, the mm-hmm. human the humans we were we were created to be in it and 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 there's a lot to that obviously from an intellectual level spiritual level personal level personal development um all of it involves um getting out of our comfort zone um and trying to work at becoming um part of out of the cave. Get out get out, out of the, the cave
1: and into the loop. <laughs> I love Insane. it. I love that. <laughs> hey, we're reaching the masses. Yeah.
3: Man, <laughs> yeah, It's like...
1: Listen, I don't know if everything's going to work out that I'm doing on the other side, so I'm actually applying for a job right now. <laughs> <laughs> Head of loop marketing. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I love it. Hey, so uh, it's the new year. We're going to finish off our show with our reverse Simpsons. Every Monday show is different than every other Monday show. It's kind of like the Simpsons, but reverse,
2: reverse. Blah, 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 blah.
1: And so we will, gosh, that's good. Um, We're going to all give our New Year's resolution. You can have others that are private, but this is the one for the whole world to hear. (laughs) Uh, I know mine, and it's, um, I think in listening to this, I love reading the loop every morning. What I miss is that after I finish doing Bible in a year, I have this void in my morning when I'm getting ready. I'm starting and going to do again the Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in a year because it created this centering moment to my very first waking minutes was to go through that before praying, reading, writing, and everything else. So that's me for 2024. Hold me accountable. Awesome.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Uh, I've said it, I think, on other episodes. It's a similar resolution, but I just want to be more intentional about it this next year. So um, I went, when I was in seminary for a few years, we would, of course, be praying the Office of Readings yeah. and Liturgy of the Hours and all of that. So um, I want to just make sure I'm starting my day with at least— morning prayer and uh doing that every day.
1: Hmm. Got it. Yeah. Nick, where you at?
0: Yeah. Um I think there's a couple things in and around that that realm. Um we did we did St. Michael's Lent uh in 2023. That was that was really good. Um I think for me it's like doing Exodus 90 um, to start off the year. I know that's a 90 day of the year, but then to just keep it going. I'll join you. Yeah.
1: i, mean, we're I saying going this in the future of today.
0: I think I also will.
1: Okay. We double, re- we just jumped on your resolution. <laughs> that's fine. I
0: mean, no, that's fine. I think it's cause it's, it's one of those commitments that you're not going to, well, you're going to, you're gonna fall and fail, mm-hmm. but you're also going to pick back up and mm-hmm. you have a fraternity and you have those uh, brothers and anchors and whatever, you know, It'll also help
1: when we're making all those Catholic vote calls together as the Beatitudes. (laughs) Hi, Deborah. This is the Beatitudes from Irving, Texas. We're Catholic.
2: Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Welcome to our show as well.
1: (laughs) Can we we broadcast this? Would you like to play a (laughs) game? Yeah. You are now live.
0: (laughs) Who are you planning Uh, to vote for? (laughs) You get to vote right now with your points. Yeah, vote
1: now and later. (laughs) Yes. Brian, New Year's resolution to take us out of here. I'm going to say
3: make a concerted effort to be more joyful mm. um this year as i uh, suspect uh, if it's anything like the last presidential cycle again will be full of a lot of anxiety a lot of mudslinging in my business um it's often really easy to talk about how bad it is how bad the other candidate is and um that's important we have to tell the truth um but i th- i go back to a line my favorite line from bishop Barron, uh who said uh the surest sign that God is alive in you. Joy is the surest sign that God is alive in Mm -hmm. you. And I think at the end, you try to think about various strategies to persuade people of this issue and to vote and everything. um, I go back to the early Christians. Was it really the the fascinating arguments they were making, or was it the way they lived and the joy that they had knowing that they had met the Savior? And uh, I suspect it was, that was the most contagious Mm -hmm. part that they lived differently because they knew that Christ had come.
1: Yeah. Wow. All right, well, here's to a joyful 2024 and all of our resolutions. Stick around on Friday. We're going to be talking with Brian. We're going to dive into some family conversations. Brian's from Catholic Vote. Check this out. If by Friday you haven't signed up for the loop, (laughs) then we don't want you coming back. No, Uh, uh, but... I mean, wait. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Until you do.
3: (laughs) Get out of the
2: cave and get in the loop.
3: There you go. We're bringing it
1: to the masses. Brian, we're going to see you at the polling site. For the rest of you, we will...
2: See you in the Eucharist. Happy New Year! (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and 2 on your keyboard, at the underscore beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.